Hi, everybody, and welcome to Bible Prophecy Radio. I'm your host, Albert Hardy. Last time, we spoke about the darkness that's going to come on the earth, the whole earth, on account of the bombed-out oil fields in the Middle East that are going to come when World War III gets going. And we were in Revelation 18, and we we're about to read 20 when time uh, went away. But I want to back up a little bit to give you the context, and we'll keep on going here and see if we can finish the book of Revelation, along with some of the other scriptures that I think are pertinent and need to be tied in with this. In verse 17, it reads like this in the NLT, In a single moment, all the wealth of the city of Babylon is gone. All the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend. And they will say, where is there another city as great as this? And they will weep and throw dust on their heads. And I brought up the fact that that's done by the Middle Eastern peoples to show their grief. And they will cry out, how terrible, how terrible for that great city. And they're mourning as they do this. The ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas, but in a single moment it's all gone. Rejoice over her fate. This is verse 20. We, that's what we needed to read yesterday, or last uh, Monday, sorry. Rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God, and apostles and prophets, for at last God has judged her for your sakes. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone, and threw it into the ocean, and shouted, Just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence, and will never be found again. The sound of harps, and singers, and flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsmen, and no trades will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest merchants in the world, and you deceived the nations with your sorceries. Now let me just stop right there. That word sorceries comes from the same word in the Greek that we get our term pharmacy or pharmaceuticals. I find that fascinating. Why? Because we have people to this day, and I just heard them a few minutes ago, spraying aerial toxic sprays overhead. And you can see their trails. They don't go away. A normal contrail from a jet aircraft has a water vapor trail that will dissipate within a few seconds after emission. But these linger in the sky and get bigger, and they turn into clouds. And then it rains down on us. They're trying to prevent global warming with their chemicals. It's aluminum oxide, titanium, and, and a whole bunch of other things. Well, they are deceiving the world. They think, well, it won't hurt anything, and I'm making a lot of money doing this. I'm going to keep on spraying with my airplane. Shame on them. As far as I'm concerned, it's sorcery. 
It's tricking the people. It's tricking them into believing that they are doing good when in reality they're hurting people and they don't even care. They're making money. Wow. Well, anyway, that's just my take on it. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying that's scriptural. That's the way I see it because there's a lot of deception going on in that, and they're using chemicals to do it. Verse 24, chapter 18, Revelation. In your streets flowed the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people, and the people, the blood of the people slaughtered all over the world. Well, who's doing that? No one but Islam. Islam is the one killing more people on the planet than anybody else. And they're getting bigger by the day. They're having an average of 16 children per man because he's got four wives and has four kids each, approximately. This is out of a report I saw, um, a panel talking about what's happening in Europe. What's, you know, we always thought that either Rome or New York City were Babylon, were the seat of the Antichrist and all this. But, alas, it's no, 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 not, not real, not true. Those countries in Europe are becoming Islamic countries, big-time Islamic countries. I think he said that uh, only three years ago in Britain... There were only 100,000 Muslims. Two years later, I think it was, he said, or maybe it was three, he said it had grown to 400,000. And today, it's 3.2 million. It shows you how exponentially this um, ideology is growing. It's much more than a religion. Don't let anybody tell you it's just a religious cult or a faction. No, it's way more than that. It's a whole uh, hierarchy of government from the, the leadership down to the armies, down to the terrorists, down to the bankers that run the thing. They have a worldwide paying system all operated over the Internet. So it's much more than an ideology or religion. And there are factions that are going to fight one another. They're going to consume themselves over this. The Sunnis and the Shiites, for example. The Sunnis follow the Saudi Arabian pattern of enjoying the luxury afforded them by the oil. The Iranians are much more conservative. They are rich in oil, yes, but they're also sticklers to Sharia law and all that kind of stuff. They're more um, fundamental, we'll call it, in Islam. But both of them are killers of Christians and Jews. They hate us, and they want us all dead. They want Israel. They want that land. They think they have a right to it. I'm here to say, no, they don't have the right to it. It's God's land. They don't own it. He does. So anyway, to move on. But they're the ones supporting terrorism around the world. Shame on them. Chapter 19. After this, I heard what was or what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting, Praise the Lord! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute 
who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. And again, their voices rang out, Praise the Lord, the smoke of that city ascends forever and ever. Let's just stop right there for a second. I want to point something out. What does that say to you? Smoke, literal smoke, cannot rise forever and ever. It's not like you can build a fire in the backyard and the smoke will go right on up to the sun. No, we have a stratosphere which will block that from happening. It will cool it off to the point where it forms just a part of a cloud and it will rain down and be gone forever. So what is he talking about? Well, what what lasts beyond the fire? When you put a fire out, the smoke sometimes will smolder for days. So let me just show you a reference here. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 23. See, Jeremiah is about in the middle of the book. Chapter 23 and verse 40. Here's what it says in the NLT. I will make you an object of ridicule, and your name will be infamous throughout the ages. This is exactly what I think he's talking about right here. It's all about their reputation. They will be ridiculed and infamous as sinister, evil people and an ideology that is corrupt and satanic. And that will never go away. All people everywhere will feel the effects, the affects, I should say, not the effects, the affects, the affects of their trouble that they're bringing on the earth. So let's move on. Back to Revelation 19, verse 4. Then the twenty-four elders and the four living beings fell down and worshipped God, who was sitting on the throne, and they cried out, Amen, praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, Praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him, from the least to the greatest. Verse 6, then I heard again what sounded like a vast crowd, the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder, excuse me, loud thunder. Praise the Lord for the Lord our God, the, uh, the Almighty, reigns. At last he reigns. That's great. Let us be glad and rejoice and give or let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb, and his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. I just want to give you my definition of the word holy. To be holy is to be righteous over time. That's what God is. He's holy. It means continuation, continually, being righteous and not wavering. That's what we all ought to strive for. Verse 9, chapter 19, book of Revelation, in the New Living Translation. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words that come from God. 
Then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship God only. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. I find that phrase fascinating. For the, es- the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the prophets of old were talking about Jesus, giving a clear witness for him. And that's true if you really think about it and look into it. Verse 11, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. A righteous war. Then I saw heaven opened, and uh, let's see, I'm, I'm sorry. He judges fairly and wages a righteous war. Righteous is being holy. Holy is being righteous over time, as I tried to say before. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except he himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood. Now, this isn't his own blood, as other scriptures point out. It's the blood of those he's slaughtering. He's going to get rid of his enemies, those who hate him. And uh, that would be uh, partially made up of uh, the Mohammedans, the Islamites, the Muslims. The armies of heaven, oh, and its title was the word of God. That's Jesus he's talking about. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. That would be the saints or the believers. That's you and me. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press, And on his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Verse 17, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky, Come, gather together for the great banquet of God, which he has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, and of strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. See, he is waging war, and it's not going to be his blood on on his robe. Verse 20, the beast was captured. Now, who is the beast? The beast is Islam. It's an ideology. And the false prophet is Mohammed. So it's the beast and the false prophet. They're not living right now. In other words, they're not a living being like it's a a bear or something like that. It's a symbol. A beast is the ideology, while the false prophet is the one they look to as if he were God, Mohammed. The false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast. Well, what miracles has he done? Well, let's think about it. Which, Who was the beast that had been slain 
and came back to life. Well, that's Islam. That's exactly what's happened. That's a bit of a miracle, is it not? Miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. The mark of the beast, by the way, is an identifier that shows that you're part of the Islamic revolution. That's my view. And it can be as simple as anger and hatred and the spirit of murder. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. And we'll see later on that that is the second death. Death to Islam? Well, God had it written in his book right here, seems to me. Their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse. That would be Jesus. And the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead bodies. And that's the end of chapter 19. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with a key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. This is chapter 20, verse 1. Verse 2. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, which is or who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, and then he shut him up and locked it so that um, Satan could, no, uh, could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterward, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones, and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the lives of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. Well, beheaded for proclaiming the word of God? Killing Christians, anybody? Yeah, that's Islam. Pretty, pretty much defines who it is. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue. Why would they? They're Christians, they're not Muslims. Nor accepted his mark on their foreheads and on their hands. They all came to life again and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him a thousand years. Verse 7. When the thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations, called Gog and Magog, in every corner of the earth. He will gather them together to a battle, or for battle, um, a mighty army, as numberless as the sand on the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth. Where, pray tell, do you think that would be? Well, I think it's the Valley of Armageddon. And that's just outside of Jerusalem, a big, broad valley or plain. Uh, let's see, of the earth and surrounded God's people in the beloved city. But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Well, it's like we just saw in um, Jeremiah twenty-three forty. 
It's not that they themselves are living beings that are going to be tormented. It's their reputation. Let's read that again here. Revelation, or uh, Revelation. Now, um, Jeremiah 23 and verse 40. And I will make you an object of ridicule, and your name will be infamous throughout the ages. That's why they started all this trouble. And people aren't going to be happy about it. Because it will hurt and affect each and every one of us. Chapter 20, Revelation, and verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it, and the earth and the sky fled from his presence. But they found no place to hide. And I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged by, or according to, what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and, the, and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That means that's the end of them, in my view, completely. Chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. See, God's coming here. We're not going to heaven. At least not now. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death, sorrow, crying, or pain. All these things are gone forever. Won't that be great? And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. And all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Wow, what a privilege. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Verse 9, chapter 21, Revelation. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came to me and said to me, Come with me, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of, God, out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. The city was broad and high. It had twelve gates, guarded by twelve angels, and the names of the twelve tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. 
The wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held his hand, in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city and its gates and its wall. When he measured it, he found it was a square, as wide as it was long. In fact, its length, width, and height were each 1,400 miles. That is one big city. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standard used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper. The city was of pure gold, as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with excuse me, 12 precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, and the tenth chrysoprase. The eleventh was jacinth and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were made up of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. And the main street was pure gold, clear as glass. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun, for the glory of God illuminates the city. The Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me a river. This is chapter 22, verse 1. Um, a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river there grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps of the sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires his prophets, has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. And these, these words are written in red because it's Jesus speaking. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And I heard and saw them, and I felt, or when I did, I heard, I'm sorry, and when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel that showed them to me. But he said, No, don't worship me. I am the servant of God or a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. And that could be you and me. Worship God only. He instructed me, do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. 
and let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me. This is Jesus speaking, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they will be permitted to enter the gates of the city and eat the fruit of the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the the idol worshipers, and all who love to live a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. Verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty, Come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in the book, in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and the holy city and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is faithful, the faithful witness to all these things, says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with God's holy people. And that's the end of the book of Revelation and this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and you can read my books there. Watch the videos. I have nothing to sell. I'm not trying to get your email or get anything. I'm trying to give lots of good that builds faith. So until next time, I'm Elbert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thanks for tuning in.